We come to this place for magic. We come to pop overview, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. Welcome back, everybody. Have you popped open a beer or poured yourself a glass of wine yet? Because you're listening to Pop Poor Review with Jimmy Chico. Hi. Kelly Gong. Hello. And myself, Matt Chico. We are the movie podcast where we journey through the IMDb Top 250 list. If you don't have a drink yet, you can try today's inspired drink based off number 214, Tokyo Story. The The drink is called The Story. It's gin, sake, ginger ale, coconut water, lemon juice, and lime juice. Um, Like I said, 214, Tokyo Story, 1953. That's at the time of the recording, not the year, the number. Um, director. Okay, so I apologize if I butcher any of this, but I have I have pronounced I have it pronounced on the page, so I'm gonna try my best. Did you do it phonetically? I did. I did. I, I try my best at least. Okay, director. Maybe you should have. Maybe you should have let me read. <laughs> well, we'll see. Director Yasuhiro Zu, uh, writer Coco Noda and Yasuhiro Zu, starring. That's how it's. That's how I pronounced it. I tried. Starring Okay, on the website that I have them pronounce it, they didn't have Ozu. They just said Zoo. Then they were incorrect. Because his last name, it's probably because his last name ends with an O. It's Yasujiro. Yasujiro? Yeah, so it's Yasujiro Ozu, but probably because it ends with an O and his last name starts with an O, it's probably Yasujiro Ozu. Okay, that's probably right. Okay, Yasujiro. Yasuhiro Ozu. Kogo Noda. Kogo Noda. I, I, what did I say? Coco. Oh. Like Coco Melon. Coco Noda yeah. and Yasuhiro Ozu. Starring Shiza, Shizu Ryu. Don't, just, don't even try. Um, Snake got me nervous. I did it right before we started, too. <laughs> Chieko Hasanasiyama. And Setsuku Hara. Um, like I said, I apologize if I butchered that. Uh, I tried my best. A for effort. IMDb rating 8.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomato score. I you graded yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just moved along because I figured no one was going to say anything. IMDb rating 8.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomato score 100% critics, 93% audiences. Letterbox 4.4 out of 5. Box office. It just has worldwide, which is 74.2 thousand. And a little under a million adjusted for inflation, no Oscars, and that is it. So let's move into shotgun facts. Uh, Who would like to start? I'll start. Okay, Jimmy, go ahead. The original negative was lost soon after the film was completed due to a fire at the vault in the lab of Yokohama City. The film had to be released using prints made from a dupe protective negative. Is that why, like, sometimes when, like, you were watching a movie, like, I don't know. Shaking? There was, like, a weird, like, film over it or something at some point. It might have been that. It was very minimal. Very minimal. Yeah. Um, Kelly, what's yours? So, mine is the banners featured in the film were painted by the director himself. 
So, like, I also, I don't know if they mean by the banners, like, the posters. So, I know that the director was a big, you know, he's a big film fan, obviously. But, like, in the back of all the scenes, he had the posters of all of his, like, favorite movies in the back. Um, But, and so, like, I think people who are really big fans of this movie have, like, made it kind of their mission to try and figure out all the movies that are in the back. Because you can't see them super clear, but they, like, try. They're trying really hard. Wait, there's movie posters? Mm-hmm. And what's and like, where? So, like in the salon, okay. Like, if you look at the walls, they have movie posters of all of um, the director's favorite movies and stuff like that. Because oh. he just wanted to put them in, but because of the way it's filmed and stuff, so some people have made it their mission to try and figure out like what movies are there. But it's hard because of like it's obscured and stuff like that. But yeah, like I think in almost every every scene there's a poster of one of his favorite movies somewhere in the background see i read that fun fact but i didn't know what posters they were talking about because i didn't really see any because i guess they're obscured so i mean it's hard when you have a static camera well that well that that's actually that's my shotgun fact the film is notable uh for its use of tatami mat shot which is the camera height is low and remains largely static throughout because of the style of shooting at eye level from the floor all sets had to be constructed with ceilings um before we move on to the summary i just have to ask what did you think about that uh style of shooting i hated it what just 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 static shot like did you like i was trying to like when i watched this spoiler i didn't really care for this movie when i was trying to figure out what made this such like a hugely popular that would be on the imdb pop 250 list like i was just trying to figure it out i'm like was it the way they shot it was it the director and like a lot of it was like people like this was like a very big thing for like a Japanese movie, this type of shot, or at least this direct like th- this director did it. And it was just like, did you and everyone was like raving about it, saying like how like, people really appreciated the the mundane of the shot, how it was just like, you know, showing real life and not really moving and all that. So I was just curious what you thought of that like shooting style. I mean, it didn't bother me. I mean, if if what he was going for was to show the everyday life and just kind of sit a camera down and and discuss what the um the stuff is for like discuss you know what the family's talking about and stuff and just a very i mean it's not like fast and furious i didn't need the camera flying around the whole time no yeah or or but like it's just it's it's just a family drama and it's almost like you're watching a play that's what i got from this it's like i was watching a play and they just you know you just put the camera down and let it go and, and you're watching what's happening unfolding because that was like a big thing with the reviews they, like one person said like the camera felt like it was looking into like a real family with real deals and then everyone was like there was a quiet and stillness about the camera style um the cat the characters would sometimes talk directly into the camera which can be distracting but it was like naturalistic because it was like they were talking like to the other person which was right on the other side of the camera i didn't really care for it but like i don't know it just it got tiresome it was like i needed a change and it really wasn't many yes it's like a play but also but it might just been because i didn't really care for the movie what about you kelly you said you hated it i didn't enjoy it so like i'm on the same i'm in the same boat as matt where it's like it was fine and like i know a lot of people like i actually know someone else who saw the movie and was like a really big fan of it because she said that what she enjoyed is that it felt like she was 
a part of the scene but for me it didn't feel like I was part of the scene it was actually taking me out of it so I really enjoy cinematography and the big issue with this was that it was so static that it bored me and I just kind of like I didn't feel the story moving along so like usually with cinematography I can feel the story moving along by the different shots that are going on but here because we were so static and stuck in one spot I didn't feel the progression of the story. Like, I still felt like I was still in the same day. And that just took me out of out of the story, like, probably mostly and completely. Like, I didn't hate the movie, but I also am not a huge, I'm not a fan of it. No, because I agree with you, Kelly. Because, like, I remember I was, like, thinking, I was like, is it the camera work that's making me feel like the pacing's really off and the editing? Or is it just the pacing's off? And the camera work isn't helping me feel like the story's moving along or the movie's moving along. And it just feels like I'm sort of just like, and I, maybe that's the point of it. You're supposed to just like feel like you're in it. But like to me, it, like you said, pulled me out and it just felt like muddled because I couldn't really tell like, are we in a new scene? It was like, it kind of muddled the whole movie together because like, are we in a new scene? Like, who are they talking to? Because it just kind of would like stay there. And sometimes if like a new person walked in, like, it would be like the camera shot would just like switch over and I would just be like, okay, but it's the same shot literally in the same position. So that kind of threw me off. I also feel like maybe like it was purposely done that way because we're supposed to also feel how the parents are feeling where they're like, Oh, we're not actually doing anything in Tokyo. Like no one's really doing anything with us. Like we're kind of just like sitting here and you know, I can appreciate it if that was the purpose of it. I know this guy is really minimalistic and he yeah. like that the actual like cinematography that was involved with this, like critics were saying that they were shocked he even went that far. So I can only imagine what his other works are like. But for me personally, I felt very stuck and I guess maybe we're supposed to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I didn't find myself engaged in this story very much. No, I agree with you. I, and I do think, like, I feel like if the pacing was maybe a little better, I think that I could have appreciated the camera work a little more. It's just like, I feel like it all got muddled together for me in the reason why I don't like it. So, like, but you're right. I feel like you're supposed to feel like you're stuck there. And it's probably a lot more behind it. But, like, I just couldn't find it because I felt like very disconnected from it. I also felt claustrophobic. Did you feel claustrophobic? Like, when we, they actually had the shot of her, of the grandmother outside with the nephew, with the, his the grandson, I, like, felt like I could finally breathe again. Because I was just, like, finally, like, a horizon line. Like, something, like... Well, I think I they also said they chose so not to do... I feel like they said they chose not to do, like, wide shots. Just, I think, to add to the whole, like, you're supposed to... It's, like, just a capturing moment, and you're supposed to be, like, there with them. But I yeah. feel like it, yeah, I think it has downfall, upfall, up. It's like it has benefits and it's downfalls. But um, yeah, it definitely like was like there for a purpose. But I felt very stifled. Like no, I felt yeah. like stuck. I definitely had like it was like a hit or miss type of cinematography for for whoever's watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, before we uh, take a quick break, real quick, can you give us a summary of Tokyo Story? An elderly couple heads to Tokyo to spend a few days with their children and grandchildren. While their children are initially glad to see them and their parents are models of patience and pleasantness. The novelty wears off pretty quickly for the children, and they soon view their parents as a hindrance more than anything else. Then an event highlights the divide between the two generations. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is B from Arbitrary Advice. 
your one-stop shop for advice, arbitrary and otherwise. We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Um, Number 214, as we always do, do you think, one, it should be on the list? And do you think 214, if you think it should be on the list, is a good number for it? I'll start with Jim. I don't think it deserves to be in the top 250. I mean... It's weird. Like, I can see it being on the Letterbox top 250, but not IMDb. Like, that makes sense. But do you, so you... For me, it doesn't. I don't use Letterbox, so... Letter, because Letterbox is more geared towards film people. Like, their top 10 movies of all time are, like, a lot of foreign films or, like, older films, while, you know... IMDb is more geared towards, I feel, uh, the mainstream. So as a mainstream thing, I'm, I'm a, on a mainstream website, I'm a little surprised to see it in the top 250, but I am not surprised if it, if the, I'm not surprised to see it on Letterboxd. And I think but, it is on Letterboxd. But do you think it should be on the top 250? Uh, on IMDb, no. Wait, so I'm Okay, so you think if if we were doing a letterbox podcast, you would say yes? Yes. Okay. It's weird. Maybe it's because I use letterbox, but no, I know. But I just feel like it's weird for you to say like you personally if it's on a different list than not IMDb. Well, I think what Jimmy is saying is because the criteria and the metric like for each platform is different. So like letterbox, he said, is geared towards more cinephiles and film people. So they're more appreciative of like foreign films and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a higher chance that this movie will be in like the top 250, top 10, or, you know, the top list because of what it is. But with IMDb, where it's more of a mainstream public type of thing, it's just, it's a little strange that it ended up in the top 250. Yeah. That I get. I just, I was just confused that like for Jimmy personally, like he would put it in one list over the other for like, his like, view of the movie. Well, would you, well, I think you have to ask, I think that's like Jimmy. So like you would say that you would put Tokyo Story in the top 250 letterbox list? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because it's more, I mean, it would be towards the bottom. It would probably be like, like what, it is an IMDb, but just swap because I don't feel like it deserves to be on IMDb because it's it's not as mainstream as some of the other films on there. Oh. I mean, I I actually enjoyed the film, but like from a cinephile standpoint, I liked it a lot more than just like the average viewer, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because it is it is on the top two fifty of um of um letterbox it's number 36 wow so and i mean the top five are harry carry come and see 12 angry men seven samurai and the godfather part two so i mean they're definitely all different but i think all those movies are on the top 250 that you just listed yeah but they're not top top, top five. five 
I know come and see is pretty high. Okay, I, yeah, I just that it confuses me, but yeah, I because it to me I would put I would just like if I thought it was good I would want it on the list no matter what list it is. So, um, I don't think it should be on the top two fifty list. I don't know. This was like one of the first movies where I just didn't connect with it, and I think that was the reason. It's not like it's not there was aspects I liked about it, but just I just didn't connect. And I did read like a review. Someone was saying like it might just be be because like oh, what was it oh it's just like it's just different for like japanese culture and like what we expect the movie to be here so i think that's just like i wasn't connecting on it on like a level where i just don't understand where like that would make perfect sense seeing that and like uh if you were in japan and watching this movie so i think that was the reason i can appreciate you know the one the the main like the step the daughter-in-law was good some of the acting was good i think it would have been a really good short if you just had like all the kids come for a funeral and then realize like, okay, like we're done. Like I want some of their things. And then we leave and we leave the one person, the one daughter, like not even the blood daughter. Basically like the third act. Yeah. I think the third act is where I actually got interested, but I kind of was disconnected already. Cause it was, I feel like the, 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 the first two acts were very drawn out. It took me a very long time to get, it took me a few times to get through it. But if it was a short, I would have been like, oh, like this is really interesting of a story and an idea. I just think like also just like, you know, culturally, maybe I just didn't connect with it. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't believe this is seriously on the top 250 because I'm not I'm not really sure what this movie did that was so groundbreaking in the sense that like at the time that it came out, I'm not sure about besides like the static, um, I guess maybe just purely because of the way it was filmed is the reason why it has so much recognition. Because um, I thought the daughter-in-law was good, but I also don't think any of the acting was really, really, like, out there or outstanding in any way, besides the daughter-in-law and, I guess I'll say, um, the mother as well, during their scene um, when they were talking about, you know, the the son that passed away and you know, wanting her to move on, like, that was probably the most emotionally charged and probably emotionally charged scene out of the entire movie, because other than that, I really didn't see anything outstanding about this movie, so I'm not 100% sure why people, what is, why it's such a critical darling, and again, this is just my own opinion, but it didn't, like, create any new type of techniques, it didn't do anything, like, out there or there wasn't anything of note that I was blown away by so I don't think it deserves to be on the top 250 I'm not saying it's like a horrible movie either yeah. I just I don't really get it to be honest no exactly because I after the movie ended I was like okay like what is like the really big because there's always like those like these really popular movies are very well known, like uh critically acclaimed movies there's always the oh something that made it the critically acclaimed or why it's so big and I kind of had to do like a lot of research and I'm like it wasn't just like a you know it was the shooting style but really not that like pe- people just kind of were just like they liked the idea of you know the idea of the story of like a real life story of like how you know families don't always like stay together and like it's kind of like they drift apart and I think people really appreciated like how honest it was saying like you know when you're a kid you're always with your family and stuff like that and it just the more you have your own family and like the lives start to separate. I feel like that's what I was kind of picking up from people considering this like a critical darling and stuff like that and critically acclaimed. And I I just like still, 
I get it, but I don't get it. And like maybe that's why I think I'm with you, Kelly. I just like don't fully understand the hype for this movie, but I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just was lost in translation. That might be what it is, you know? Yeah, no, and I totally agree. And I don't think it has anything to do with culture, to be quite honest, because we've we've reviewed plenty of foreign movies at this point that have been on the top 250. We did Yojimbo, we did, we, I was Tampopo. Well, Tampopo we did in the past, even before then. And, you know, and we also did um, Rashomon. And it's like, you know, those are foreign movies and we I know why those were in. Like, I understand why they were in the top 250 or why it's a critical darling. This one just kind of, it's a bit lost on me. But it's not like I don't get it. Like, I understand the story. I understand the simplicity of the story. And I get it's like kind of like a slice of life type of movie. But I just, it does elude me as to why it's so critically loved. Well, I did also read another review, which I thought was interesting. Maybe it had to do with that. Like, there was one person who said, like, movies outside of Japan, like, you rarely see, like, a ja- like a Japanese film that doesn't have, like, samurais and medieval battles. And, like, this one back in the 50s was, like, against the norm of what a normal one did. It was just about family and just the dynamics. And maybe that could be what it was. I just feel like... I think that I just think there's little there's little bits of aspects I think people liked that like collectively say then oh like this is like a critical like masterpiece and all that stuff. Also, I haven't seen the director anything else the director's done. Like we've done like you know uh, Akira, uh, is it uh, Akira Sawa? Sawa, yeah. Yeah, like we've seen a lot of his movies and like maybe like the more you see of this guy, maybe like it starts to realize the importance of his movies. But yeah, for me, it's just I and I think. A slice of life movie for me is a usually a hit or miss. This one just was a little bit of a miss for me. But also, like I think a lot of the slice of life movies shouldn't be over. T- like it should. Like a, the longer it is, the, lo- the more drawn out it is. Like, do you think if this was shortened, do you think it would you would have liked it better? Probably. Like I agree with you that the third act is where I got interested, but I at that point it was I was too far gone to really mm-hmm. get engaged. Um, definitely a shorter runtime I would have preferred uh, because I just there wasn't like a whole lot that like I feel like I really missed because it's like I felt like even the conversations between the husband and the wife weren't really deep it was just kind of like they were just musing to each other and I guess because people are like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, that's how real life is when you're talking to someone or whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But like, I don't want to watch that on film, you know, especially for like over two hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but that's what I was saying. So it's like for two hours, it's like I didn't really get I didn't really get to know the characters either. And we're with them for two hours. Well, that too. It's, I feel like there were so many characters and like, yes, the, the parents were the focus, like you knew them the most. And then it was probably the, the, the daughter-in-law, but I feel like they kind of, the other ones just, they were for, they just kind of popped in and then popped out. And I think if you're going to do that long of a story, I think you should have incorporated them more with the parents. And like, yes, the story's about the parents, but like, I, I just felt like, all you really knew about the one daughter is that like she wanted the stuff at the end and like she just was like okay shoo shoo i think the other one was a doctor and the other one like you didn't see until the very third act 
with the funeral. And I feel like they like it's they didn't explain the family dynamic well enough for me to have them just pop in and like all of a sudden just like get what they were doing and then like leave the scene. Jimmy, do you think it kind of ran over too long? Like, did, did it drag for you or? I think it is very long. I think they could have cut some stuff out. And I mean, for me also, the third act is where it started to pick up. Um, I feel like focusing more on the three main siblings might have helped a little bit more instead of kind of focusing on the parents and their like kind of dismissal from the kids. But I, I feel like the kids need to be focused on more so you would kind of get get like the reasoning where they were coming from because I feel like you really just saw from the parents side of you I actually really agree with that like I think we should have focused on the children more because the children were like at the core of like like for us to learn why they drifted away or just like kind of just get to know them a bit so it's kind of like I don't know for us to connect a little bit more because the parents themselves just they didn't really give me anything like I get maybe it's because I'm not a parent myself but like I didn't like get enough from them like you know the dad apparently was like an alcoholic and you know had a lot of you know and that apparently affected their childhood a whole lot which is why the middle daughter apparently was so kind of rude to him in a sense but it's like that was like missed and the, like focusing on the parents, like we didn't really, they didn't give us anything to work with, to be quite honest. Because yeah, I kind of agree with you. Because I was like thinking when I was like saying like the parents were probably the more the most character you saw and understood the most, like fleshed out. And I was like, if we took maybe this like the part where they go away, like they send them to like that like a uh, beach town or whatever it was, like yeah. if you almost like if you took that stuff of them out and added the kids and just how like, you know, they kind of talked about, Oh, you know, like I, I, you know, it's so nice to get rid of mom and dad just for a little bit. It's just, and then kind of layer them as well. And just like the more of the family dynamic, do you lose the parents flesh, like kind of like development or do you add the kids? Like, does it, does it work if you take that part out and add more kid or do you need to like remove other parts? Does that make sense? I get what you're saying, but the thing is with me is that I just don't feel like the parents were even flushed out themselves. Mm-hmm. They didn't give us anything. I didn't even feel like there was really any development for them. I felt like they were very surface level, and it was just kind of like like when they were at the beach down there, like it's hard to sleep. It's loud. And they're like, "Yep." No, I agree with you. It was more home. like it was more <laughs> they out of everyone. They had the most development out of everyone. They didn't have a lot, but they had the most. And it was well, just no, like that. I. Yeah. Oh, it's I think, I think the the daughter-in-law the with the most development was the daughter-in-law. That's true. That that I think was the one who had the most development. I yeah, mean, she, she was. She did. Besides the parents, she was the the other lead, and exactly. I feel like without her, it would have just been a horrible movie. Well, I think yeah. she works with that director a lot because when I was looking at IMDb, like she like if you look at like you know other films like this i think it was like her on the posters and i think it was the same director as well i think they're a frequent collaborator so maybe you do watch more of his movies and like with her and you get an appreciation of it but yeah i agree she probably was the most with the parents but like i feel like do you lose some of their stuff as much as they even had not saying they had a lot if you took more of their stuff out to add more kid 
other kids in the mix. You know what I mean? I don't believe so because they did because the point of my point was is that they didn't give enough of the parents for us mm-hmm. to lose anything by focusing more on the children. No, I agree. Because even their I think they had one profound conversation the entire movie when they were like, Oh, our kids were a lot nicer when they were younger. Yeah. And now they're meaner. And it's kind of like yeah, you're like saying this now and it's you know, the whole movie it, you know, it's like too little too late at that point where it's like this is coming too late for me because yeah. it's like you guys were like semi-chill the whole movie so like I don't know what to like it didn't hit at all yeah it felt more of a you know going through the motions and maybe that was intentional just feel like the actual movie you know life was just going through the motions but I mm-hmm. feel like you know they didn't even start to ask more of the interesting questions till like right before the mother died like when they you know when the two of them were outside like killing time because they didn't want to go back to the kid's house and they're like okay i'll go visit my friend the one he goes and ends up getting drunk with and the mother's like oh i'll go hang out with the daughter-in-law like i thought that convert like i wish there was more of like that conversations where they actually talked about something instead of like like you said kelly oh i can't sleep oh they're loud like just kind of like run-of-the-mill like small talk yeah like this is the thing about slice and life movies like i don't go to i don't watch movies to watch the mundane I don't want to watch a movie about a normal conversation that people are having. Like, that's not the purpose of why I go to watch a movie. So maybe it's just because this wasn't my typical, because I do like normal slice of life, like random movies um, like that. But like this one in particular was very mundane. And it was just kind of like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go actively go to watch this. Like, why would I want to watch so they're saying this one's too mundane for like a it's slice of too life. too mundane. Like there's nothing special about like the story to me. Yeah. I understand that it's like, oh, children growing up. But I was just like, I, I know nothing about your family. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. your kids are fucking assholes. Because <laughs> to me, like the, to play the devil's advocate isn't like a slice of life more about though the mundane life. I know this one went to the extreme, yeah. but that's usually what a slice of life is. So, Which I'm like, okay with like, on if you do it a certain way, but mm-hmm. this was like, to the point where I was like, why did I come to the movie to watch this? Like, I could have literally just had this conversation, like, myself. Mm-hmm. No, with yeah. a random person. <laughs> and I think that was, like, a big deficit and a big detriment for my viewing experience. No, I, I think... Like, this yeah. is too much. I feel like me and you had the kind of the same experience watching this movie. Uh-huh. Um, Jimmy, like, what would you, like, what were, like, what was, since you liked it the most, like, what was, like, the highlight for you? It would be the ending, like the last act. This is where it really got interesting for me. Yeah, where I, I yeah. kind of was feeling some emotion from the characters and and you know their real motives and and all that stuff like that. Now, I final question before we move on to like the back half. I know I read that like this director loves to do a lot of stuff off screen and then kind of like you know fill you in later like like the whole like the mother's death happened off screen all the train rides which could have been a lot of development towards characters of the kids you know talking and stuff like that and the parents how did you feel about like that that choice because i didn't know if i loved it or not i didn't mind it it didn't bother me i don't know if i would have enjoyed it because it's just kind of like unless it was like it it would depend on what the script was like no exactly what kind of dialogue were they having because if they were going to be like having a conversation like the train's crowded 
Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I can't sit comfortably. Then I would have been like, definitely, I don't want to watch 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 that. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, that could have been this, like, and obviously he didn't want to do this because he didn't put it in, but it was, that could have been the part to kind of, like, give us more interesting conversation than just, like, oh, the sky is blue. You know, oh, it's crowded today. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was the problem. A lot of the story was just, like, literally just observing what we're seeing. And I don't know if I necessarily liked that. That's why I said, I was like, I don't go to the movies to listen to people observe everything. And like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I just didn't care for it that much. Yeah. No, yeah, of course. Anyone else have final thoughts before we move on? Nope. Nope. Okay. So, Movie Grid Today. It's on the top. One word title. Released from 1995 to 2013. And then released from 2014 the 2024 on the left side it is michael fesbender tony collette jeremy renner let's begin michael fesbender one word shame oh. yeah i was gonna say shame oh do they change this it looks different now yeah they did i haven't played it a little bit wait so all three of us are playing right yeah 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 um <laughs> that's pretty high actually for shame um okay 1995 2013 inglorious bastards do you think that would be lower than 12 years a slave no. Wait, yeah. Because he didn't yeah. play like a main um, character. So where are we going with 12 years? No, no, no. Oh, gl- um, okay. Glorious Bastards. Okay. And then released from 2014 Assassin's to 2024. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say Frank. Oh. Which one are we doing? What's Frank? I feel like Frank because I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. I know Assassin's Creed. So should we go with Frank? Because half of us don't even know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what Frank okay. is. is he he, he's definitely in it. I I know he's in a movie where he wears a paper mache head. If it's called that... Frank, I'm not 100% sure. Assassin's Creed, I'm 100%. Okay, so let's just... Just because I don't know what... I never even heard of Frank. So... <laughs> Did you put too many S's? Oh. Uh... Oh, it popped up. Did it? Put another S. Oh, you have to put the apostrophe, that's why. I N. Oh. Apostrophe. Why do I feel like there's so many S's in it? S S. That doesn't look right to me, but okay. I know. Okay, 9.4. 9.4. Tony Collette. Hereditary, that's all I can think of. Tony Collette. Was in. I have one for the next one, I think. So, so do I. Um, oh wait, I don't. I think that's the wrong movie I'm thinking of. But no. I have one for the next one, but it's gonna be high. So let's just Tony... skip this one for a second. Go to the next one, Drew. What's yours? I had Connie and Carla. Isn't she what Cameron Diaz called my sister's shoes or something like that? In her shoes. In her shoes. In her shoes. Yes. My sister's shoes. <laughs> my sister's keeper. Because I was that? thinking, I was thinking, my sister's keeper. I'm like, wait, she's not in that. My sister, my 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 sister's shoes. No, in her shoes. In okay. Her shoes. And what was yours, Kelly? Little Miss Sunshine. So it's gonna be too high. I think the Carla one probably might be lower. Yeah. Connie what was yours, Jimmy? Connie and Carla. Connie, like Connie and Carla. Yeah, there it is. Ooh, point. Oh, Ooh, I know that one. Okay. Eight. 
Um, released from twenty fourteen. What what's the mafia? Oh, one? mafia mama. Mafia mama. Okay. Oh, okay. Tony Collette in one word. I can only think of hereditary, but I I know we want to get a different one. I know. I'm just I trying guess, to think. I guess do hereditary. Wait, hold on. I just, I just her, what? I, why am I blanking on every movie she's ever been in? I know. I feel like we've seen so many, but I can't think of any. Oh, glass up, knives out is two words. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. See, this is I like the critics' choice ones because they also show all the options that you could have picked. Yeah. Then I feel okay. stupid. Jeremy Renner, one word. Oh, what's the tag? <laughs> oh, tag. But there's probably another one. Arrival. The, ta- the town. Do you think that's going to be higher than the tag won't be the lowest? No, I think that'll be the lowest. Okay. 15.1. Okay. Uh, 1995, 2013. The town. The Hurt Locker. Oh, the Hurt Locker. <laughs> Do the Hurt that Locker. One is gonna be, that, but that might be high. But... And then 2014 to 2024. Does does Black Widow count? Because his voice was in it. I don't know if Black Widow. He is. I I think he in the credits. Like he's on IMDb as like voice. I don't know. Okay. What else is there? Um, 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 I don't even know what else he's. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of all Marvel stuff. When was the Avengers? Did the 2012? 2012. Um, Captain America Civil War. But I feel like that's going to be high. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of another movie he was in that wasn't a Marvel movie. Was The Town 2014, 2024? Was that 2009? That was 2009. Oh, Wind River. Oh, yes. Okay. Wow. We got 999. Wow. Okay, so most popular, The Killer, X-Men First Class, The Killer, Hereditary, Loma Sunshine, Knives Out, Avengers, Hurt Locker, Avengers Endgame. We only got one of the most popular, so I'm pretty proud of us. We and we're got two. Top... We got two. Oh, Hereditary, we did Hereditary and Hurt Locker. Well, we were top 11. That's not bad. It's not. We did it. Okay, MVP, LVP, most valuable player, least valuable player. Uh, Kelly, what's your most valuable player? Daughter-in-law. Jimmy. The daughter-in-law. Mine was daughter-in-law as well. Kelly, now you're LVP. Cinematographer. Okay, Jimmy. I was going to say their actual children. There. For a second, I was like, wait, in real life? <laughs> yeah. I hated their children. Uh, mine was the pacing. And finally, Jimmy, pull your calculator out because it's time for ratings. Got Tell it. me when you're ready. You ready? Uh, I'm ready. Okay. I will give this a 5 out of 10. Kelly? I was going to give it a 5 out of 10. I was going to give it a 6. That's 5.3. 5.3 compared to the 8.1 out of 10 IMDb rating. So we are very far off. Um, yeah, this was a low one. So, Jimmy, leave us, take us out with your three clues for next week. Um, someone loses a hand. It's It's cold. It's very cold. And I am uh, 
I am your father. No. That's too Why? obvious. <laughs> I think this is the one where, where someone goes, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, those are very okay. Um also when you were just saying I'm cold. It's cold. It's, I'm cold. Like, it's, it's like you're playing cold. charades. You're like, I'm cold. It's cold in here. Well, I was I was gonna say um there's a creature it's insides that are outside. That one's better than some of the ones you picked. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold. It's very cold it's right cold. now. And with that, we will see you next episode. Uh goodbye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Review. Click around www.poporreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan cast episode.